Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The energy and passion he brings to the game is something I think that's contagious. Intercepted by Lorenzo Alexander. Now he laterals to a keep to leave. When you talk about a great pro that you wish every one of your players would emulate. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Yeah, it is Thursday during football season. So Lorenzo Alexander is here for the lowdown. So what's up? I'm great. Doing well. The uh, only thing I really can complain about is I haven't been able to work on my golf game that I normally like to do. Uh, a lot right. of coaching, radio, just a lot of more things that are a little bit more important than my golf game. You hear that? He said radio is more important than golf. Yeah, how about that? Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just your overall. I just want to grab your overall reaction to week one. Like, what is the first thing you think? Forget about with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm talking about week one. What is the number one thing just, that you want to say about week just one? Just dominant defenses. You know, I think that's probably the number one thing that pops out to me because I think oftentimes we focus so much on all these elite quarterbacks around the league and their ability to throw the ball and spread it around. And, right, we had some of that when you think about Tua and what they did in Miami and some other places. But just to see defense come out, smack cats, get get after them. Obviously, I hate Dallas, but watching them destroy the Giants <laughs> is is awesome because that's another division <laughs> rival that I played a lot. And so um, at least somebody got embarrassed out of the NFC East. It that never wasn't Washington, you, does right? it? No, it, it doesn't. Never no, it doesn't. <laughs> Love the guys, hate the, the, hate the star, that's right, right? That's right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so that was cool star. to watch. Um, and just watching these guys just make plays um, around the league. I mean, even the Jets. I mean, watching their defense and some of their young guys step up. Obviously, it was against the Bills, but I just enjoy good football and watching guys yeah. compete and get after it. Um, and the Bills defense played well, too. They had some guys out there balling and hawking and getting around. So it was just a fun weekend, and it's probably the most football I've watched in a while, just sitting back and just flipping through the channels, checking things out. Oh, you, you get to embrace being a fan now, finally. Yeah, I think I've, I fully have flushed the player in me. Because, okay. I mean, when it was so close— to retiring, it still felt like work. Like, man, this is like watching film. I'm I'm out of here. Now I can actually sit down and watch a game and kind of enjoy it. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like work anymore. Like, I'm not overloaded with all those years of watching film, yeah. you know, four or five hours a week and then in meeting rooms and all that stuff where it's just I want to get away from it. I think I have uh, detoxed myself of all those years of just watching film over and over and over and over again. Okay, so maybe in the tape room I'll believe you, but as a player... <laughs> I don't know if you'll ever flush the player. Well, yeah, well, you know what that's I mean? what I mean. I, the player, as in, as in the the student, maybe the student of the game watching. Yes. I still have <laughs> player tendencies. Yes, you do yes, have my some attitude, tendencies. and yeah, yeah. If you challenge me, <laughs> that does come out always. I guess I'm talking about the step, the professionalism part of the game as far as studying. I just wanted that to aspect. make that yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't challenge me. Don't walk up. <laughs> Pros versus Joes. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give you the work. All right, I stay in shape. Whether you watch film or not. <laughs> right, right. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's talk about the Cardinals. And uh, I mean, I want to start with the defense. You know, the, yeah. if, how how surprised were you by what you saw? And I, and you know, honestly, the bigger question for me personally is. Did you see stuff that you think is sustainable over the course of the season from this defense? 
I definitely do. I saw, you know, and I think Zayvon said this, there was a lot of good, there was some bad and some ugly, um, and some of the ugly the 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 commanders didn't take advantage of. But I'll, I'll, I just want to start with the good. Physical. You're talking about setting the tone and coming out. If they And that's sustainable because that's a mindset. Yeah. Right? Yep. As long as you stay relatively healthy, right? Because no football, you're always injured. But um, Zaire... Right, you see the corners tackling. That's always a, a true sign, right? I'm looking at uh, Wilson and Wallace back there. Zaire coming up, filling the gaps. Obviously, that big hit he had on Sam Howell on the sideline. Now, you can say it was illegal, but it was physical, right? That's the hit on Thompson on the sideline. I don't think that was a penalty. I, he, it just looked so violent, they had to throw the flag. And they had just thrown the flag <laughs> yeah, on Kaiser yeah, White. Yeah, Jay, no Jay helmet was, to helmet on that. Jalen Thompson got angles. a raw deal on that Ooh, one. Ooh, yeah. man. But it just, he was just so violent. They said, oh, and then you had the uh, enemy sitting there, hey, throw it. And they yeah. had to throw it because that's football today. Um, I mean, you had Zavin smashing cats, you know, in the run game. Obviously, uh, the Barbarian running all over the place. He smacked um, McLaurin on the sideline. Just great hustle plays. I mean, so their mentality, I like. You can win a lot of football games just hitting cats in the mouth over and over and over again, you know, like Marshawn Lynch says, because most people don't want that work for four quarters. Yeah. And that's a mentality. So that is sustainable. Over and over and over and over over and Yep. Over and over and over and over and over. That's that Bay Area. And over and over and over and over and over again. Do you understand? Why did you play that, Mal? That's got me all jacked up right now. Okay, Friday. Now, wait a minute. Okay, so that was the good. That was the good. All right, talk about the bad. Some of the bad that I saw was the miscommunication on the back end. There was... And Sam Howe didn't always take advantage of it, but they was hitting him over on that deep over a couple of times. Deep over. Kept hitting him with the same play, creating separation. There was a couple of times where a man was just running free. And it was it looked like either there was miscommunication and like it was man to man. One time it was a, a guy running a wheel route down the middle of the field or down the sideline, which could have been a touchdown, but the, he didn't see him, so mm-hmm. it was no harm, no foul. Right. And I saw that show up a little bit too much throughout the game. And so when you're playing against a more elite quarterback that understands, okay, this is what you have struggled with, right? You've put it on film now. I can see this. I'm going to take advantage of it. And so that's something that they have to make sure that they tighten up this week, communication and understand who has and you know who that, you have. That'll beat you sooner, quicker yeah. than anything else. You got MEs in the back end. You're in trouble. Right. That's, cause that's, that leads to explosion plays, yes. right? Touchdowns. Um, and that's the, the quickest way to your point of, of losing a game and getting beat and being embarrassed. And I, and I, and I hope people, right. And I know you guys have talked to this, you know, with the Giants coming in, aren't looking at that Dallas game as a barometer as far as who the Giants are. Cause that first drive, they was whooping yeah. the Dallas's defense. They yeah. was knocking cats off the ball. Right, Daniel Jones was getting out of the pocket and running. Now they got tossed in the blender when it was a false start, a bad snap, and then they got a blocked field goal to the touchdown. And that yep. just they was they weren't resilient enough to overcome that because after that, with the rain and everything, they was in the blender and it just kind of fell apart. Yep. But you see signs in that first drive of an offensive football team that can move the ball down down the field, and so. It'll be interesting to see, right, because you're not going to have a block pun and then an interception and give up seven sacks every weekend. You're just not going to do that. Yeah. And so if that, that team, I think, is much better than what they showed on opening night.
Uh, congratulations to Kathy Negrete from Peoria. She heard Gambo's secret word and qualified for a chance to win a trip to see the Diamondbacks at Yankee Stadium and two lower-level tickets to see the Cardinals' home opener against the Giants on Sunday. Listen today during the 5 o'clock hour for Gambo's secret word, and you, too, can be a qualifier. When we come back, Zoe sticks around. What's next for the Jets and just the AFC East in general now with Aaron Rodgers done for the year? The lowdown continues next. It's Wolf and Luke at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Donus Sports. Here we go, 15-year NFL veteran, Lorenzo Alexander, joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The Lowdown. All right, welcome back to the show. The Lowdown, Lorenzo Alexander is here with us here. It is, of course, a Thursday morning heading into week two of the NFL season. We got the Vikings and Eagles from Philadelphia tonight. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a yeah, pretty good, that's a pretty good Thursday night I, game I'm right there. I'm not. I don't know. I mean, it, we're, we're early enough in the season where some teams you don't know what to make of them, though. Like, you don't know what to make of the Vikings yet. That wasn't a great performance, but right. it's one game at the same time. Um Let's go back to Monday, though, because that was such a potentially league-altering game. You knew it was going to be a good game. Jets and Bills, Monday Night Football. Did not expect Aaron Rodgers to go down four plays into the game for the season uh, for the Jets. And so let's just start there. Just just your reaction and, and just from your experience as a player, you know, when there's something like that that happens. Look, I know you got close ties to the Bills. Right, I was impressed by the Jets finding a way to, to stick around in that game and ultimately win it with that happening at the start of the game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I was as surprised in the sense that obviously Josh Allen at offense, we know what they're capable of doing, mm-hmm. but they are playing one of the top defenses in the league as well. Right? It's not like there were the Josh was playing Aaron Rodgers. Oftentimes we get that. We say, oh, Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen. No, it's not. It's Josh Allen versus the Jets defense and Aaron Rodgers versus the Bills defense, mm-hmm. right? And so even though Aaron went out and they were unable to really offensively probably do the same things that they wanted to do um, in the Jets with Zach Wilson, all those Jets players were still out there. And one of the weaknesses that, that has been with the Bills is really the ability to run the ball and the ability to protect the quarterback at a high rate, and that's why Josh takes so many hits and takes off and runs a lot, right? And now you're playing against one of the best defensive lines that's in the National Football League, and what they're able to do on a defensive end, on the back end, as far as cover guys, right? That's still tough sledding. Now, did Josh make some poor throws? Yes, and that's what that's what happened. They had he had three interceptions to to my man that ended up getting two fifty. So shout out to Whitehead, right? Get in the first game, can't beat that incentive, right? And then he fumbled a ball after kind of he was already out of it and right. And so if you have four turnovers in a game, most of the time you're gonna lose that game. Yeah. I don't care who you're playing against, right? Um, and so that's really more so what happened from the Bill side versus oh Aaron Rodgers went out and they didn't capitalize. They couldn't capitalize because they still was playing against one of the, the premier defenses yeah. in the league in week one. And we saw defense really had dominant performances in that week one with some certain teams. Yeah, I think I, I think they're only going to be better than New York Jets defense this year. I think they are. Last year, of course, they were, they were the number four defense in the National Football League. <laughs> right. They're really, really good. You know, they were locked down for the most part. I think. They're only going to get better this year. And if they were the number one defense in the league, that would not shock me in any stretch of the imagination. I want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers and um, just your your thoughts. Just go on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's disheartening, right, because you see a guy that has the ability – 
um, to impact games. Obviously, he's been doing it for a long time, future Hall of Famer, regardless if he decides to come back or not. But got out of Green Bay, seemed refreshed, renewed, had a lot of youth around him, right? Because the Jets still is a young team in a lot of regards. And so that normally um, um, uh, excites or kind of energizes older guys. You know, that's what I experienced when I was – in Buffalo, and I'm working with Tremaine Edmonds, who's 20, 21, right? <laughs> so you've got all these young guys and their energy, they dancing and juiced up, right? <laughs> and that's not necessarily my style because I'm more of an old school guy, but I kind of, that kind of got me going and get me out of my box. So let me show up, man. I'm going to show you young guys what it's all about, right? 12 and a half sacks in one yeah, season, right? So that's, that yeah. stuff. That stuff really helps you. And so I thought he was going to be, obviously, one of the top-tier quarterbacks again. When you see the weapons that he has, we saw uh, Wilson and what he did on um, Tredavious White. Great coverage by Tredavious and just makes another. The Bills can't get away from these catches of the year, right? <laughs> the Cardinals, then we had Jefferson last year. Now you got Wilson in yep. the first week of the season. I mean, it's like back-to-back-to-back, like catches Nothing of the year. Nothing you can do on that play either. Right? No, it was great coverage. Yeah. He reaches out and catches it. Um, and so it's just, it's just hard to see because I've went through something like that when I played here my first year, right? Got a big deal. Was going to be, you know, I was a captain, one of the premier people on defense. Tear my list, Frank, week three. Obviously, I'm not Aaron Rodgers. But now, you almost, it's next man up. And so you're a part of the team, but you're not a part of the team. So I think it's really going to depend on how he attacks it. Um, as far as getting healthy, right, that's the number one thing. But then making sure that he's still in that building, because, you know, depending on what they do at the quarterback position, he still has a lot of knowledge and wisdom that he can pass on that is just as valuable as if he's on the field. Yes. And I think that's why Zach Williams was able to come in and play fairly well. You know, obviously it wasn't Aaron Rodgers style, but didn't hurt him. Right. And so he needs that mentor, I think, in that room. And I, they're probably looking for a backup quarterback now that's not necessarily going to take his job, but that's going to mentor him throughout the season. But Aaron Rodgers could be a part of that as long as he's willing to do that. So I actually thought Zach Wilson did a pretty good job right there yeah. in, in that situation. Can you imagine this? I mean, here you are. You're Zach Wilson. You are going to be the franchise quarterback. Right. You are going to be the franchise quarterback. Guess what? You're not the franchise quarterback. Nope. Now you Aaron, forgotten. A guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be in Canton, okay, is the yeah. franchise quarterback right now. And on the fourth play of the game, he goes down with what everyone at the time had to feel like. That could be year-ending right there. Right. Kind of looked like an Achilles. It could be. He knew that. Right. And for him to go in there, and you know he didn't get a ton of practice reps. Nope. He didn't get a ton of reps. Right. Man, I, I just, I thought he did great. okay. Yeah, and so we want to see how he continues to build, right? Because it's one thing, I think, to go in a game, no pressure, no expectations, oh. um, in a sense. And, and for me... Even though I'm competitive, if, you know, I was playing and they brought in, I don't know, Von Miller or, you know, Reggie White or who I'm getting replaced by a goat. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit easier to take a back step. Let me watch and learn from this dude as best as I can and speak to him, right, it's, versus somebody they just brought in that's my my peer and my, you know, my right. similar and he takes my job. Um so, I, you know, I think Zach Wilson has a chance of growing, right, having a redemption story, right, because he had a lot of issues, some leadership issues last year beyond just not playing well. Agreed. And this is a great opportunity for him to seize the moment, show guys who he who he is or maybe who's grown into be, right, with some of the toolage of watching Aaron over the last offseason and really take this team by the, by the horns and, and help them 
achieve getting to the playoffs and, and maybe making a run. Uh, this is Robert Sala yesterday talking about Rodgers' future beyond this year. I haven't gone that, down that road with him. I mean, I'd be shocked if he's if this is the way he's going to go out. But uh, but at the same time, for him, uh, he's got he's working through a whole lot of headspace uh, things that he needs to deal with, and that, that will be the last thing I talk to him about. So I, I don't know Rodgers at all. Obviously, you played with him in college, but I just I would hate if that's the way his career ended. You know what I mean? Right. And, and and you know maybe it does. This is not like an easy injury to come back from, and he's got to decide. And I'm sure he probably hasn't yet. But I just I would hate it if that was it. Yeah, he. I, I, most guys are co- coming back from that or are going to attempt to come back. I mean, you yeah. look at Alex Smith, right? Same, same, similar, but his was obviously worse because he was thinking about amputation of the of the foot or leg, right? He wanted to battle back because you never want to, if you have an opportunity to dictate the way you go out, you want to do that. And he's yeah. built up enough equity in his league for him to have the opportunity to come back and at least try. You want to come back and at least try, see where I'm at, Maybe play and then try to go out on your own terms. But for him to walk away right now when it felt like it was dictated for him, right? Um, I don't see that in his makeup at all based on who he is and how he competes as a football player. No way. Yeah, yeah. I don't see that either. I don't see him walking away. Did you actually see his post on Instagram when no, he posted right there? He said, the night is dark as before the dawn and I shall rise again. Oh, well, there okay. you go. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I mean, that was... Cryptic, but also pretty clear yeah. that he's at least going to try and come back. Yeah, I, I just, I, I I don't know any competitor for the most part. Right. That, I know he's old. Yeah. And he is old. Well, and there's been talk <laughs> of him retiring in the past. Yes. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm with you. I think if he can come back, you at least want to come back and, and know in your mind this is it. Because, right. because it wasn't the fourth play of the ninth game. It was the fourth play of the first game on his new team, too. Right. So... Yeah, I don't know. That would be like I said on on Tuesday. I'm not. I have no ties to the Jets. I don't care if the Jets win or lose. But that was that was almost disheartening just to watch because you're like, here, this is gonna be one of the biggest stories this season. And all of a sudden, I hated to see that for him. I really yeah. did. I've been hard on Aaron Rodgers. I have. I, I used to love this guy in as far as is the type of player that he was. And and then he got a little sideways right there with the whole the darkness thing and and toad licking and all of this other stuff. Like you added, you right, added the. Right. Toad. Like, once, right. once again, I, I respect Aaron Rodgers, and if that stinks for anybody to go through that. Uh, Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what's going to be the key for the Cardinals to get pressure on Daniel Jones this week? 15-year NFL vet Lorenzo Alexander sticks around for the lowdown next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The energy and passion he brings to the game is something I think that's contagious. Intercepted by Lorenzo Alexander. Now he laterals to a keep to leave. You talk about a great pro that you wish every one of your players would emulate. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Getting pressure on the quarterback was not an issue for the Cardinals in week one against Washington. Six sacks. Forced three turnovers, scored a defensive touchdown. In fact, the only touchdown of the game for the Cardinals was defensive. 
So now we head into week two. Lorenzo Alexander's obviously here for the lowdown. It wouldn't be the lowdown without Lorenzo Alexander no here. No way. Um, it would just be Wolf and I talking. I don't, what's the point? Be the zero <laughs> down. <laughs> um, so, Zoe, you're... <laughs> You'd be the zero in that Let me clarify. <laughs> but I like it when Wolf sets himself <laughs> yeah, up for the punchline. Yeah, yeah. Like eight minutes later, <laughs> it gets was delivered. Was that a punchline? Was that actually good? Uh, I, okay, I, good. I didn't say it was Max? good. I just said it was a punchline. Okay, good. Um... As far as getting to Daniel Jones this week, different team, different opponent, different motivation probably after right. what happened to them on, on Sunday night. What, in your mind, Zoe, is the Cardinals' best tactic to being able to do that? Well, I think it's a couple of things. I, I, you know, if you watch the first drive of the Dallas uh, Giants game, the Giants were able to run the ball fairly well. Um, Saquon, I don't know how many yards he had, but they were knocking cats off the ball and it looked like it was four or five a pop. Um, had a couple of times where it almost looked like he was about to hit a home run. And so for you to ever have an opportunity to rush the passer, you have to stop the run. And so you know they're going to come in here thinking Saquon heavy, right, especially after what happened to him last week. Hey, let's run this ball, control the game, and then allow Daniel Jones maybe off some play action, right, some of those deep overs. Because I know one thing that Dable really he does well is study, and he's going to exploit whatever you show. He comes from that Belichick tree. So whatever you do worse – that's what they're going to attack, right? And so it's going to be running the ball and then off of that probably hitting some of them over routes. But they have to stop the run so that the, the DBs, as we talked about, already had an issue with it last week as far as letting some guys run free. They don't have to worry about maybe coming up and playing the run as aggressively. Now, when you get to being behind the sticks, you know, um, second and long, third and long, um, I think they have the ability to beat some of these guys one-on-one. But if you watch Dallas, what they did, they were like overloading sides where they would have essentially three line, three linebackers, really four linebackers. They would have the defensive end, which is Micah Parsons. They would have a D-tackle, and then they would have the other D-tackle all lined up on one side, and then they would have the off-the-ball linebacker on another side, on that same side as well. So you essentially have four guys. So essentially you would want to slide that to them. Right. And then they would bring Micah came back across the center and uh, the off the ball linebacker came across. But the off the ball linebacker didn't blitz. He was just a simulated action with them. Right. And so okay. they created some confusion because it's a young center playing the game. They also have a young tackle. Right. And they also have a, I think the right guard is fairly young as well. I think he made three or four years in the league. And so it's about communication. So if you can create some communication errors between the offensive linemen with some of these different exotic looks, right, where you may overload a side, but you're still getting back to two and two on either side, that is going to be key. And then they can just line up and I think and, and rush. I think Zayvon did a great job last week with some of his bull rush. I, obviously, Dennis Gardeck did as well. Um, the only thing I would say with Zayvon um, is being more streamlined with his feet, more more straight and then when once he makes engagement with his power then start running the hoop. If you ever watch, you know, outside edge rushers, sometimes they're running up the field versus running through the defense or the offensive mm. tackle mm. which alleviates some of his power, which that's probably his best attribute. And so I think just having a, a better uh pass rush line from both guys I think will really help them this week with some of that, those tackles and creating pressure just straight up when they're rushing uh, these tackles. Right now when you look at Zayvon Collins this is a very interesting conversation that we're, you're having right now and obviously the fact you brought this up but when you look at Zayvon Collins right now is he going to be one of these guys you think that needs to establish the fact oh I will bull rush you 
yes. to do it early first and then use everything else. Yes. Or is he more the opposite guy? No, he, you, you got to be the, true to who you are. He's a physical, hit you in the mouth every single play. Now, there's... I think he can be more efficient in doing it. And so we talk about footwork in versus running at a 45 at a guy versus running up the field where you just lose your power. I wish I could get on the board and show everybody what I meant uh, or what I mean. But sometimes he's trying to run up the field and run around guys and still be powerful, but his mm-hmm. feet aren't pointed right through that outside peck of that tackle to really be able to long arm and use his length and his power. And so, again, hands, right? Sometimes he gets caught in where his elbows are too bent, and he can't. you can't press 300-pound lineman like that. We always used to think about like a six-inch punch. So you want to make contact with a guy, right, Bruce Lee. If you, if you want to see what a six-inch punch is, look up Bruce Lee. Right. Right? <laughs> Knock a cat back 10 feet, six-inch punch. So you want to essentially make contact with every long arm, which is using one arm to that outside peck or inside peck of the offensive tackle, where you still have about six inches to extend, and then you can create separation, you can create momentum, get that guy knocked back on his butt, or you can get him to sit down, and then that's when you arm over, or maybe that's when you swipe, or and go to some more of the more finesse moves that Zavin can develop as he continues to get better as a pass rusher. But it's, I, I definitely love his activity, and then you can always see that he's very smooth once he gets out in space. That's how he got that interception. It was some other coverage things that he looks really good at doing as well. But being him as a pass rusher is really where he's going to have to work on his technique, his uh, toolbox as far as who he is, but the effort. Right. That's one of the things we talked. The effort is, is there. And that's that, that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. You can hustle into a lot of sacks and he has that motor that's going to allow him to be, I think, effective in that. What you were talking about, what Dallas, what their defense did to the Giants offensive line, how much of that is because they had Micah Parsons and how much of that can you recreate with just kind of a bunch of guys? Instead? You can do it. I mean, we did it in Buffalo. I'm not Micah Parsons. Nowhere near him. And so some of that you want to create just a communication piece because you have young guys. You don't always need to just try to, you know, run over somebody. Sometimes just be smart. If they, they ain't going to communicate well, let me show you something and I get a free run through, right? It made it look easy for Micah. It had nothing to do with, with, with his ability. Yeah. It was more about the scheme the and that scheme. setup and make it easy, right? And that's what I think good coordinators do, good players do. You figure out how can I do this with as least effort as possible, right? Um, and and then you're able to play and sustain a a, a game throughout the, the four quarters versus let me just run into this wall, run into this wall, run into this wall. That, I mean, that gets draining after a while. And so you have to be smart about how you are attacking guys, um, whether it's one-on-one matchups or schematically, how can I manipulate them so we can get a free runner? Because that's yeah. ultimately what you're always trying to do. And that's why people like to blitz. But sometimes you can do that without blitzing. Yeah, we only got a few seconds here, but Andrew Thomas, what a big loss that would be if he can't play because that's exactly what the Giants need. Right, yeah. I mean, once you start getting to that second, you know, backup tackle, I mean, offensive linemen aren't aren't very deep. And if you're not getting reps and you're not out there a lot, it's really hard. I mean, because a game, the tempo just picks up. And so that's going to be significant as far as not having Andrew Thomas out there. All right, we come back. Zoe's going to stick around, but we're going to flip over to basketball here for a couple minutes because the NBA Board of Governors approved that tougher resting rule uh, and punishments for star players who are going to sit out games this season. So is this actually going to work? The lowdown continues next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. 
Nothing like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. All right, welcome back to the show. Got Zoe here for the Lowdown. We've talked some football. We'll get back into football here at some point. But, uh, Zoe, I want to get your thoughts on, on the rule that the NBA is attempting to implement to minimize... The, I don't know what you want to call it, load management, resting, whatever it is. Um, let me just start by saying I hope they can pull this off because I do think it's a problem around the league. Right. I just don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's just, I guess, start there. Yeah. How realistic do you think this is? Yeah, I, I really don't know because you have to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of like some of the legislation and how it's written. Right. Yeah. But, you know, coaches and teams always find some type of loopholes because um, at what point is the league office going to say, if I say I'm hurt, you're going to come out and say, no, you're not hurt yeah. and and make me play. Find my team a million right. dollars. When I mean, I'm it hurt. just doesn't yeah. make sense when you get into those type of uh, situations. So I understand why they do it right. The nature of it. When you got family showing up, I, I've even done this a couple of times. You show up and you expected somebody to play like, oh, they're not playing. Oh, it's not going to be. It's not why I came. I came to see the stars play. Yeah. Right. Especially if you're a family of whatever. And it's expensive. Just to go by yourself or with somebody else to a game and yeah. everything that it encompasses. And you want to go to see the best in the world compete. It's just unfortunate that the culture of the game really is about let's get make it to the playoffs versus let me compete throughout the season, which most of us, you know, you, my age or maybe a little bit younger and then obviously older, you remember how guys used to just grind throughout yeah. the season and just show up and play and compete. And if you ever played at a level, certain level, you're like, man, how can guys sit out and not play? Right? I understand the, the strategy behind it. But I like, like man, twenty I games play. a year. I yeah. play. Like it's right. not, yeah. not just like exactly two, like a quarter yeah. of the games. Yeah, I know. That that's exactly what I was gonna ask you right there. I, the whole the whole rest mentality in an eighty two game season, I totally understand it. And the fact that the playoffs, if you go a long way, it's it's the second season. There's no doubt about right. that. But Man, it just seems like I, I don't know what it is. Athletes today, are they getting softer? I wouldn't call it softer. I, I, I call it because it's backed by science. So it's in some ways, it, I mean, it is smarter. So you're fresher on the back end. So it makes sense. And we have conditioned ourselves with sports science and all these things, right? Because even in back in the day when in football, for example, most guys, you practiced every single day. Every single day you showed up and you competed. When I, by the end of my career, I took some days off. I mean, it just because they said it made sense for my body and for me to play on uh, Sundays. So I understand it, but I would never miss a game. Like, hey, sit out. I, I don't care how I'm feeling. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm going to play. Whether even if I'm not, I'm kind of borderline not clear to play. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be. I want to mm-hmm. play. So I understand from a practice standpoint. But to you, what you're saying. I could never sit out of a game. I don't want to call it softer. I just think they're being smarter and they're justifying it because most guys that sit out have an idea, okay, we're going to be in a playoff run. I want to win a championship. So the motivation behind it, I think, is right championship caliber. I'm trying to win a championship. I could care less about today's game. Um, it's just hard. It's, you know, it's just it's such a countercultural, depending on what area you grew up in, for it to make sense for you to wrap around. Even if it makes sense, like, man, I want to play, regardless. Right, yeah. That's what it's all about. And there's a good quote from Adam Silver basically saying, 
we need to get back to being an 82 game schedule. And it's like it is an 82 game schedule. So I'm like, where did the mindset start to to slip? And I, and I think it probably was the teams more than right. the players. If a team's telling their players, hey, you know, you're not you're not playing tonight. Well, why? I feel fine, and we're resting you for three months from now, and right. we've got all the science to back it up. It's hard for me to put it on the players, right? But either way, there's a problem at this point because it's not an 82 game schedule anymore. Yeah, it's not, and, and, and it'll be interesting. You know why? And I know they're never going to take games away, right? But from from that aspect, if you can guarantee that your guys will be out there every night, do you get more money, right? So do networks show up and say, well, I know that LeBron and Steph and XYZ are sitting out 20 games, right? All your superstars. So is that like a leverage thing where they're not paying as much? Right, and so yeah. does it matter if I have sixty-two games more spread out, and they're going to play everybody's going to play? Do I get the same amount of money essentially because I have all my stars there playing, and it's more more space between games? Because that's the ultimately why they don't play like back-to-back nights. Yeah, or you have a, a day off and you come right back out there, especially if you have like an ailing foot or something that is bothering your knees, depending on your age, which you feel like is being able to get back up because most of the time it's not. It's it's when you're fatigued is when you sustain like significant injuries. And so how can they figure out from a schedule standpoint where we have less games, but my stars are playing more more often. So then from that's what it's it's always about money. Yeah. How can I then leverage that from a TV deal or a local aspect to then generate the same amount of revenue and my stars are playing every single game? I I just got such a difficult time with it, and it's it's not going to surprise you coming from the era that I came (laughs) from. It's not. It's not good. I just you know I think of. I am one of these guys that believes that the body calluses itself. The more work that it gets, yes. it cal- it becomes like a callus. It calluses itself. It doesn't actually make you more vulnerable to injury. To me, it makes you less vulnerable to injury. And I, I will point to the Michael Jordans of the world in the NBA. Yeah, those guys are built different, right? And so I'll say this. Right. I I believe that there would be different superstars of the 80s, of the 70s, of the 90s, if it was the mindset of today. Because I believe this in football. I believe because the game has shifted so much from a health and safety standpoint, how you practice, how much you hit. Again, we have guys that aren't built the way you're talking about that wouldn't be able to sustain football. So we got players in the league right now that would never be in the, on the field in 2000s, in the 2000s or the, ni- the 90s. Yes, I not because they're not talented enough, because no. their body is not built to handle the the physicality of what it meant to play in the 90s. And so the same thing with basketball, right? I think there's some guys that are playing in the league today, right, that are benefiting from these rules because their bodies would not have been able to sustain what Michael Jordan did. So, mm-hmm. right, Michael Jordan wasn't only an elite athlete and an ultimate com- competitor. His body was built. Certain guys in that era, their bodies were just built where they could play probably 100 games and then but play it wasn't off. just Michael Jordan. Well, I know. Too. There's multiple guys. I'm just yeah. saying there would be other guys. If the, if the rules or the mindset culturally as far as how they approached the game today, there's a guy out there that's, that ended up never making it because his body couldn't handle the physicality of the 80s that if it was like today, probably would have been another star. I'm not saying it would have been Michael Jordan, but would have been able to play in the league I of that time. You. So I'm just saying those guys' superpower outside of just being 
uberly talented basketball players or football players was their ability to take traumatic punishment and still be able to play at a high level. That is a, a, a gift, a skill that everybody doesn't have. So what is the MBPA's role in this as you see it right now? What should they what should their focus be when they listen right. to Adam Silver saying what he's saying? Well their focus is always player driven. It's always um, and it could be counterintuitive to to what makes sense and what fans want to see, but they're obligated to do whatever is best for their players because they're led by their players, right? They're they're LeBrons and the Chris Pauls of the world are heavily involved, and if they see like this rule is pushing back on them, they're going to push back on it too, and or tell guys, hey, work work to rule, right? So. All you gotta do is say that, hey, your your ankle is bothering you today. They can't they can't test that. They they're not gonna challenge mm. that, right? Oh my hand. Right. Yeah, it's always ha- hamstring let, tightness, hey, right? It's a little let tightness. Your conscience be right. Your guy. Yeah, yeah. And most guys understanding where they're going are willing to do that in the in the culture that we are in today. Right. There's nobody going to be in the locker room that's gonna come up to D Book or or K D and be like, hey, bro. Why are you not playing? Ain't nobody gonna do that. They're <laughs> like not gonna. They, yeah, yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna do that. To. Oh yeah. Can you imagine the reaction that? if he did that? Yeah. <laughs> why, who are you talking? Why are you talking to me? Right. It's, it's not totally gonna true, happen because the top guys in the locker room are the guys that they're worried about. But those are the guys that are gonna do it. And there's nobody else in that locker room. Unlike a football locker room is a little different. True. I was a blue collar guy, and I would I would call some guys that were getting paid out. <laughs> that doesn't right? shock me. Like, hey man, we need you, bro. Can you show up? What? Come on, we need. I know you. I know you kind of hurt. You were but like, I'm hurt too. Yeah, you were hurt. hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's different. Football is a little different. The the culture and the mentality, and you would never get away because you'll have some guys that's grinding, trying to make them hold on. And hey, we need this, bro. I'm out here throwing yeah. my body around. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. You're just taking a couple right. weeks off. Yeah. Just because, I wonder what Mikel Bridges just say that done, Okay, just so I can, <laughs> I can wallow in it and just wrap myself in it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you think Mikel thinks when he sees all these rules and he's like, what? Everybody's not playing every game? Like, <laughs> I know. I played 83 games yeah. last year. And Mikel could have played in the 80s and the 90s. He yes. just built different. You yes. know what I mean? Different mentality, different yep. body. It just built different. So, great stuff as always, man. We were talking before the show we can talk basketball with Zoe it'll be a great segment that was that was one of the best ones we've had awesome thanks buddy all right when we come back we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports the local sports leader